This is the Kingdom at Hand podcast, and I am Pastor Joe Faldette. All of our sermons are archived on our website, www.hosannafreelutheran.com. We also have started a YouTube channel, and that is Hosanna Free Lutheran. And you can check out the videos there. You can also come visit us in person. We have Sunday school at 9 a.m. and worship at 10 a.m. Sunday mornings during the school year. We also have worship at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings during the summertime. May God bless you through this. Our sermon today is going to be from Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20. If you'd please rise out of honor of God's word. Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20. And this, believe it or not, is our last sermon on the book of Ephesians. From the book of Ephesians. Yeah, we've been doing this since I got back from my sabbatical. <laughs> it's been quite a, quite a run. Um, Ephesians 6, verses 18 through 20. And I read in Jesus' name. Praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Here ends our scripture reading. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. We thank you for the Apostle Paul and his testimony. Lord, we thank you for recording it for us. Lord, that we might study it, that we might learn, and that we might grow, and that we might be changed. Lord, bless this time. Guide us, we ask, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so as we, as we think about this, as we think about battling as Christians... Who's our enemy? You know, we do, not, we do not fight against flesh and blood. Our enemy isn't the world. Our enemy isn't non-Christians. And this is something that I was thinking about as I was sitting there. We were, you know, studying Islam. And one of the differences in Christianity versus Islam is that the Muslims aren't our enemy. You know, sometimes words to some of them, we are the enemy. But they're not our enemy. It's Satan and his working. That's our enemy. You know, it's the spiritual forces of darkness. That's our enemy. And because that's our enemy, because Satan and the, the demonic forces, because the demonic ideologies are our enemies, we don't battle like the world does. Because the world is able to silence people through the threat of violence. If you don't be quiet, if you don't stop saying that, or if you don't do this, you will be punished. You know, you will have your rights taken away from you. You will have your home taken away from you. You will have your life taken away from you. You'll have your health taken away from you. And that's how the world fights. You know, that's how terrorism works. That's how the government works. You know, why do we pay our taxes? It's because we like the IRS so, so doggone much. No, and at least I don't. 
you know, maybe Kermit pays his taxes because he thinks the government's just so wise with money. Um, probably not. It's because we're afraid of what would happen if we don't, right? Well, then I'm going to have to pay more. So I pay a little bit now, so I have to pay more later. Well, what would happen if I didn't pay the more later? Well, then I'd pay more. Well, what if I didn't pay that? I'd go to jail. Oh, so they take away my freedom. Yeah, ultimately, that would be the end. They wouldn't take away my life. At least I don't think they would. Um, but it's that threat of violence. It's that threat of removing something from us. That's how the world works. Is that how we're supposed to fight? You better become a Christian. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen to you. No. Ultimately, yes, but I don't beat people into Christianity. You're kind of nice sometimes. That's not how this works. How do we fight? We fight by standing. I know that sounds strange, doesn't it? We fight by not giving in. And that's why Paul starts here. And he says, to that end. To what end? Stand therefore. To that end. That's the end that Paul wants for us. This is our primary means of battling Satan. Not of battling people. Because people aren't our enemy. This is our primary means of battling Satan. It's to resist Resist the devil and he will flee from you, right? That's what we're told. We are promised that. And so how do we battle Satan? We keep standing firm on the promises of God. We keep standing firm on the truth of the gospel. We keep standing firm on Christ in Christianity because that's what Satan can't defeat. He can't defeat someone who continues to stand. Stand, therefore. Stand for the truth. Stand in the truth. Don't waver from it. Don't give in. Don't let compassion or or frustration or anger let you deviate from the truth of the gospel. We stand on that. And oftentimes, that's what our emotions do. We listen to our emotions instead of standing on the gospel. Well, I'm scared. You know what? Stand. Well, it's not comfortable. Stand. They're going to be mad at me. Stand. Because everyone else gives in. Sooner or later, everyone else gives in. Stand. But this is truth. Because it is truth. We stand on the truth. We trust God. We trust that God actually knows best. How many of you think you actually know better than God? How many of you have ever lived that way? Like you knew better than God? I have. I've got a Bible here, otherwise I'd raise both hands. When I do things my way, I'm telling God, you know what, God? I know best. I'm not going to trust you. I'm going to do things my way. And so that's why Paul says here, to that end, to that end of standing, pay attention, be alert. Um, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance. And why do we have to keep alert? Because Satan isn't dumb. Right? He knows what he's doing. He knows how to trick us. He knows which triggers I'll respond to. And he knows which triggers Bruce will respond to. And you know what? 
they might not be the same trigger. He knows what temptations I'm likely to fall into. And that when the world comes at me, that, you know, if, if the world hits me on compassion, I'm more likely to give in than if they hit me with anger. Because if someone gets angry at me, what's my first response? I'm going to stand up and fight back. But if someone comes to me in need, it's like, oh, then they start to pull at the heartstrings and I'm more likely to do something that I shouldn't do. More likely to compromise a little bit. Because of, you know, I want to be a nice guy. Even though I am Norwegian. I know, it's weird, right? But if they come at me with excitement, it's like, I doubt you. So how is Satan going to attack me? Usually it's through compassion. How is Satan going to attack someone else? Well, he can attack through excitement. But this is exciting. I've seen people throw away Christianity for the new and exciting thing. I've seen people throw away the truth because they want something that they haven't experienced yet. No, so that's how Satan excites or distracts them. And so we have to be alert. Because Satan's not just going to hit us front on. He's going to hit us from all sides. He's going to hit us where we're most vulnerable. And that's why we have to hold the, have the armor on. So that we're protected from those things. Be in prayer. Well, not in prayer. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance. Making supplication for all the saints. Because you know what? We're all in this together. We really are. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters. You know, that was one of the things that the early Christians were really, the, the Rome got after them about that. You know, they called them incestuous because they were brothers and sisters. They weren't really brothers and sisters in a physical sense. They're brothers and sisters in a spiritual sense. And so if something happens to my brother, that affects me. And so then why should we be praying at all times for all the saints? Why should, we be, why should I be making supplication for you guys? I'm the pastor. Aren't you here to serve me? No. We're brothers and sisters in this thing. We're siblings. We're family. What happens to one saint affects everybody else. Because if Jim is struggling, that's going to make it so that it's harder for Jim to bless the other person that he needs to be blessing. And so that's going to remove some of his ability to assist others. And you know what? Someone else might need that assistance. And so we make supplication for all the saints because when Satan attacks one, Satan attacks us all. I can't just say, you know what? We'll let Satan have Skylar. doesn't really matter. What happens in his life doesn't really affect me. So, I'm, whatever. We'll let him fall into sin. We'll let him do whatever he wants to do. We'll let Satan have his way with Skylar. Don't worry, Skylar. We do pray for you. Because we know you need it. Especially after your marriage. No. (laughs) But we pray. Why do we pray? Because we're all in this together. Because when Satan attacks Peg, it affects me. When Satan attacks Barb, it affects me. When Satan attacks Roger, it affects me. When any one of my brothers or sisters fall into sin, it affects me. It affects you. And so we can't just say, you know what? I'm an island. 
Doesn't matter what happens to everybody else. No, we're making supplication for all the saints. Because what happens to each and every saint has an impact on me. And it has an impact on you. And so because we're all in this together, because we have one Father who loves all of us the same, we go to Him on behalf of these others so that Satan can't have his way in their lives. And so if you remember, pray for Skylar so that Satan can't have his way in Skylar's life. And that's why we have time of prayer requests. That's why we don't just isolate ourselves too. Because... How would Laverne know what I'm going through if I don't tell Laverne? How would he know what to pray for if I don't tell him? Usually we like everyone to think that we're doing okay. How are you doing? Okay. Okay, then I'm going to check you off my list and I'll go and deal with what needs to be done. That's why we need the body. And that's why we need to be part of the body and share with the body when we have requests. And then when others have requests, we take those seriously. We pray for those. Because we're in this together, making supplication for all the saints. So we stand. Because in that way, Satan can't attack us. And James says, he'll leave. We also fight. By speaking. And so Paul... Paul, the Apostle Paul, a great, well, some have said a great orator. I wasn't there. Herman, was he pretty good? You don't remember. You don't, you had, <laughs> um, Paul asks the saints in Ephesus, be praying for me. Why? So that I may speak. That words might be given to me. Because you know what? And this is something that constantly amazes me. That it's not my eloquence that changes hearts. It's the Holy Spirit. And so I don't know how many times it's happened. It's happened very often. Where people will be leaving, you know, shaking hands as people are leaving. And someone will say, thank you, Pastor, I really needed to hear that. And I was like, okay, well, what was it? And they'll tell me what they heard, and it's like, I didn't say that. (laughs) Where'd that come from? I don't know where that came from. And so, when Paul says that words might be given to me, he's saying, I don't trust myself to be able to formulate this properly. I'm not wise enough. The Apostle Paul's not wise enough. Lord knows that Pastor Joe's not wise enough. And this is one of the hopes that we have as we speak the Word of God anywhere at any point in time is that words might be given to us because we in and of ourselves are not wise enough. When I'm doing counseling, this is my prayer that God would grant me the words to speak. Why? Because I don't know what needs to be said at this point. Even when I'm, when I'm preaching, I don't know what you guys need to hear. I don't know. These are the words that come to my mind. As I'm preaching this stuff, as I proclaim it forth, praying that God would speak through me. Even me. You know, he spoke through Balaam's donkey. Maybe he can even use a kid from northern Minnesota. It's amazing. But it's the power of God. And that's what should be our prayer. That God would grant me words to speak. So 
When God says, you know, you need to talk to that person, don't say, but I don't know what I'm going to say. God says, I do. You can trust me. That words might be given to me so that we might speak the right things. But God doesn't put that on your shoulders. He says, I'll speak through you. Just trust me. Look to me. Ask me. I'll speak through you. All right. That should grant us great boldness. Because boldness is the way we ought to speak. When someone hedges their bets, do you believe them? You know, I really think that you guys should invest in the stock market because, you know, it might go up. Would you think that I had any special knowledge of the stock market if I said that? No. Why? Because I hedged my bets. I said might. You know, I don't know if this is true or not, but I want you to live your life according to it. That would be terrible. And so when Paul says, I want to speak boldly, what's he saying? I want the faith that I have in the gospel to come forth through my words. Let me say that again. I want the faith that I have in the gospel to come forth through my words. So I want this in myself and I want this to be evidenced whenever I speak about it. I want you to know that this is something that I believe absolutely. This is something, the gospel is something, and I I can say that personally. I want the faith that I have in the gospel to come forth. Because I've studied these things. I've sought these things out. I've thought through these things. You know what? And in all honesty, I don't know how my faith in the gospel could be shaken at this point. Because Jesus died and rose again. This isn't something that I should be praised for. It's because Jesus died and rose again. Like, this is the reality. This is truth. And I want that to come forth. And that's what Paul is asking. Let it come forth. Let God show people how true this really is. Because this is true, right? Do you guys believe it? Do you live it? Does it come forth when you speak about it? You know, Jesus says he's the only way, but you know, we kind of hope that there's another one. No. This is important. This is central. Because it's the gospel then that has the power to change lives. And this is another comfort that I have as a preacher, as a counselor, and as someone who evangelizes. That it's the gospel that changes lives. That it's not me. Because you know what? I can't change you guys. Believe it or not, that's on you. I can't do it. I can't change anybody's mind. I've tried. I can't. But God is powerful. God is powerful. God does work. The gospel is powerful that that I might proclaim the gospel. How do we fight as Christians? We proclaim the truth of what God has done who God is, how he works. That's the gospel that we're proclaiming. That Jesus offers forgiveness. That Jesus, I, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Fullness of life. That's what the gospel offers. In Jesus Christ, 
That's what we can offer to this world. They're pursuing all sorts of ridiculous things. They think that money is going to make them happy. They think that pleasure is going to make them happy. They think that, you know, wine, women, and song, that that's going to bring them pleasure. You know what if it did? Solomon would have had it. The book of Ecclesiastes wouldn't have been written. Or it would have been a lot shorter, like one chapter. Because that's when he talks about that. He says, this didn't bring me any happiness. Didn't do anything. So I had to look elsewhere. It was vanity, grasping after the wind. So we have the gospel to proclaim to this world because that's what the world needs. And we proclaim it boldly because it's true. And that's how we fight the evil one. Because that's what we're told in the book of Revelation. Revelation 12. How did Satan and his army become defeated? It's by the word of the testimony of the saints. Michael the archangel's fighting, we're told. But it's defeated because of the word of the saints. And because they did not, lo- they did not love their lives even unto death. So they were willing to die for this let alone proclaim it. So we fight because by speaking. We fight by standing. We fight by speaking. We fight by suffering. This one, we don't like very much as Americans. And just so you know, these aren't the only ways we fight. These are the three ways that Paul talks about this right here. But we fight by suffering. Because the world won't suffer for their beliefs. You know someone's belief by their willingness to suffer. You know, I was listening to a podcast about uh, Israel and how Israel became a nation and some of the stuff that's going on there. Uh, by uh, It's a channel called Martyr Made. If you're weak of constitution, don't, don't listen to it. It's pretty dark. I have to listen to it in short segments because of the amount of yuck that went on between the Jews and the Arabs. And, and it, it's really disturbing what people do to each other as human beings. and You know, the Holocaust was just, that's part of it, but then everything else that was going on, and yeah, um, some of that imagery is probably never going to leave my mind. But uh, they suffered for their beliefs. How did you know their willingness? How did you know their belief in their cause, whether that be Zionism or Islam? That's kind of a shallow way of describing it, but it works for right now. How do you know that? Because of how far they're willing to go. And so as Paul speaks about this, he says, I am an ambassador in chains. How far has Paul brought his battle for the gospel? He was willing to be imprisoned for it. He was willing to suffer. And their prisons aren't like our prisons. You know, not that our prisons are nice by any stretch of the imagination. Because I don't know about you guys, I would hate to be locked up in a prison. They hate that. That would be awful. But Paul was willing to be locked up in prison. He was willing to be an ambassador in chains. He was willing to go through the suffering. He was willing to do all of the things that he describes. You know, the 40 lashes minus one. He was willing to be stoned for the gospel. And not only was he stoned, but he got up and went back into the town. You know, that's just remarkable. That's Thessalonica. Pretty sure that's Thessalonica. I need to read the book of Acts again. But... No, that's what Paul went through. When he's talking about this, he's saying, we need to be willing to suffer because the world needs to know. The world needs to know that we're standing on the truth. Is this going to be hard for us? Yes. I think it was Bruce that was talking about it one day. 
I hope Bruce doesn't regret talking about this. Um, but when their family was having a struggle, and we'll let Bruce share that testimony some other time if he wants to, the opportunity that they had to share the gospel with people, even in the midst of the struggle. So when things were dark and yet they continued to live in the light, that's when the light really shines. Does a candle make much difference in the middle of the daytime? No. But when everything's dark, that candle's pretty bright. As a friend of mine, Wade Mobley, likes to say, a candle doesn't fear the darkness. It takes as an opportunity to shine all the brighter. And so when we're going through suffering, that's not something to just hide. Paul writes about it. And we know about it for all, everybody that's ever read this book knows about Paul's suffering. Why did he do that? Why did Paul share his suffering with the world? It's so that the world would know his hope in the gospel instead of his hope in the things that this world puts their hope in. You know, it's easy to be like Joel Olstein and say, hey, God loves me. See, I'm rich. And I've got nice teeth. <laughs> Whatever. Perfectly coiffured hair. Something I'll never have to worry about, having hair like Joel Olstein. <laughs> it's easy to say that and everything's going well. But you know, when things are dark, you say, you know what? God is still with me. That speaks. So you just say, hey, God is with me when everything is beautiful. But to stand on the truth when they're suffering, that's powerful. And the thing is, it doesn't matter. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, an ambassador of God, it didn't matter which position he was in, he was still willing to suffer. He was at, you know, who's greater than Paul? Well, Jesus, okay, Jesus died on a cross. Our Savior died on a cross, publicly humiliated, tortured. This is what Christianity has to offer. They're like, oh, you become a Christian so that everything goes well. No, it's because it's true. And we demonstrate that truth in greater and greater ways when the light is dark. Because then our light shines. Are you willing to stand when things are tough? Because if this happened to Paul, this happened to Jesus, this happened to Peter, this happened to James, this happened to Thomas, this happened to all the disciples, this happened to hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people all throughout history that have been persecuted for their faith and they've said, I'm going to stand because this is true. I know it's Richard Vermbrandt who, in his uh, book, Tortured for Christ, talks about how guards were converted because they saw Christians standing, even in the midst of torture. Because the guards weren't their enemy. Satan was. And so they won the guards as they battled Satan. Think about that. If you want to read another dark book, read Richard Vermbrandt, Tortured for Christ. What people do to each other is just amazing. Sad. But it doesn't matter our position. We stand with Christ. In the midst of suffering, we stand with Christ. We share our suffering so that people can see we stand with Christ. Because this is what we ought to do. 
And that's what Paul says. Paul puts an ought there. Isn't that interesting? What does an ought teach us? As we close, what does an ought teach us? That I might declare it boldly as I ought to speak. But that's the standard that Paul sets. That's the standard that Christ sets. That's the standard of righteousness. This is our ought. This is how we ought to live our lives. I know most people don't use the word ought. But this is how we should. We want to hit that which is good. It's that you stand in the midst of suffering. You continue to proclaim the gospel boldly. No matter how other people think about it. Or about you because you proclaim it. Because it's true. It's true. This is reality. You know, we can let the evolutionists believe what they believe. We can let the Muslims believe what they believe. And let the Buddhists believe what they believe. But you know what? We need to stand on the truth and we need to speak that forth so that they might have the opportunity to know. Because this is what we ought to do. This is how we ought to do it. Paul doesn't actually say that this is what we ought. It's as I ought to speak. So this is the manner that we ought to bring into this world. Boldness for the gospel. Because you know what? This world's not our home, right? How do we fight? Because we're in a fight. How many of you have ever experienced a part of the battle? Everybody here, I know it. Talk to you guys. I know that some of the battles that some of you are going through. I don't know all of the battles that all of you are going through. But I know some of the battles that some of you are going through. This is how we fight. We stand on the truth and we live that out. Live that out. Don't compromise. We speak the truth. Because it's truth. To the end that we're willing to suffer. Because it's true. Amen. Let us pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for a battle plan. Lord, I pray that you grant us wisdom, grace, humility. Lord, that we might speak forth your truth and that people might come to know Jesus. Lord, we need your wisdom. Father, we pray for those who are in the battle, who are struggling and who are fighting. Lord, who are suffering all around the world and even here in St. James. Lord, we pray that you would bless them and strengthen them, grant them the, the courage to stand. Lord, that they would stand fast against the evil one. Lord, that your gospel might go forward, that souls might be saved from him. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.